Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to Grief to Growth Podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, best-selling author, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he is here to help you grow where you've been planted by the difficulties in life. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. It is his sincere hope this episode helps you today. Hey, everybody, this is Brian Smith, your host of Grief to Growth, and I'm back with another episode. And today I've got with me Mary Terhune. And Mary is a Hay House author, a Hay House published author. I'm going to read her bio and then we'll get started with the interview. Um, as I said, she's a Hay House published author of the book Out of the Blue True Life Experiences of Awakening, Revelation, and Transformation. Mary has been involved in the healing arts for over 40 years as a, I'm sorry. As a registered nurse, homeopathic educator, therapeutic massage practitioner, and Reiki master. Mary has a degree in sociology and gives lectures and workshops in spiritual awakening, divinity, self-realization, and death-based and death based on her powerful awakening and mystical, mystical experiences over 30 years. Her spontaneous spiritual awakening began during a life crisis where she received seven revelations from the spiritual master Jesus, who ignited the kundalini energy and kundalini and energy centers in her body known as chakras that transformed her conscious awareness changing her life forever four years later after meeting a monk who had become her teacher she had a profound experience of self-realization that brought her the message that divinity is humankind's natural state and it's one that we need to reclaim the message delivered to her at that time was here is your divinity the divinity that awaits all mankind so with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut the bio short there, Mary. I'm going to let you tell your story, but I want to introduce Mary Terhune. Hi, Brian. Nice to be with you. Mary, it's, it's uh, great to have you here. I appreciate you doing the interview. I have read your book, and I found it fascinating. I'm not sure exactly where to start, so I'll just let you tell your story from wherever you think is good to start. Yeah, well, um, as you can see, the world is going through a big transformation, right? Mm -hmm. So this was sort of like the transformation that I had many years ago in the 80s when I went through a big life crisis. And the crisis was so dramatic. You know, before that, I knew nothing about meditation, you know, spiritual paths. Mm -hmm. I had no understanding whatsoever. I was just living my life. You could say I was living in the egoic dream mm -hmm. of um, duality, where things were right and wrong or good or bad, blame and shame, you know, that whole game. And uh, at one point in my life, uh, I lost everything 
that I had worked for, I lost all my retirement money. It was through a, uh, uh, an experience uh, with other people. And um, through that experience, I, you know, I had a daughter at that time who mm-hmm. was about 11. And I really blamed myself for losing my investment. Um, and it was a sizable amount, and it would be my retirement fund. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was thrown into to tremendous debt and such fear and anxiety that I could no longer contain this ongoing story in my mind that I was a loser. How could I do this? What's wrong with me? Why didn't I get a lawyer? All these conversations. And it was reached such a point. I was in such agony. I called out to God that I didn't really believe in mm, yeah. and said, just let me die because I can't deal with this anymore. I cannot hold this grief anymore. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was sobbing uncontrollably like I'd never cried before. And at that point, when I called out, all of a sudden, my mind stopped. I couldn't think one more bad thought. It just mm-hmm. absolutely stopped. And what happened was a space opened up. Now, of course, I'm speaking about this now with this understanding, but at the time, yeah. I didn't understand. So this space opened up, and as soon as that space opened up, this, this light entered my living room through the window, and this peace came over me, and it said, you can't blame her. She didn't know. Hmm. And all of a sudden, I found myself in this very peaceful state that's, and he said to me, I realized then it was a spiritual master, and then I realized it was the Master Jesus, hmm. who, what, who was very much alive, but not like anything I was taught in the Catholic Church. Oh, really? Not, not that story. Yeah. This was a spiritual master, uh, and he didn't belong to any religion. He belonged to the world, to, hmm. to, like all of us. We, we all belong to the world. and. Um, he discovered that divinity in himself and that was his message. And the first thing he spoke to me about was forgiveness. He gave me an experience of forgiveness. Then he went on to speak other six other revelations, but it first began with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And he said, now do you see that true forgiveness is self forgiveness? Hmm. And he explained, it was sort of like a download of information when the light comes in, it has all this information and knowledge, and you're downloaded with it uh, very, very fast. And it's beyond the mind, and you just have an understanding. You're downloaded with understandings. And he said, true forgiveness is self-forgiveness. In other words, you come into this life, you're playing in this realm, you take it on a separate identity, there's certain situations you have to go through. And when you have no remembrance of your true nature as being divine, you go through all of this until one day you wake up. Yeah. And you have to forgive yourself for being not awake. Yeah. That's why he said you have to forgive her. She didn't know. But once you walk through that door, now you do know. And then you have to integrate that that awakening and that knowledge and that takes time because all of these years we've lived out of egoic structure 
Mm-hmm. So it's easy to fall back into the blame game. Mm-hmm. And he went on to explain, he had, it was seven revelations, and I wrote them down so I remember them. Yeah. Um, they're in the book, but just mm-hmm. to give you the order. Yeah, first, please. Talk about forgiveness, then he spoke about judgment, that there is no other. So when you're judging, coming from right and wrong, mm-hmm. you're judging yourself. You're projecting mm-hmm. a judgment. You're playing the game of right and wrong versus one's divine nature. And they spoke about the Bible. He said, now do you understand how they misuse my words in the Bible? And he had tremendous sorrow, and I felt his sorrow. Mm. He spoke about weight and emotions and how they're connected, that everything begins in, in an energy of thought and mind, and then it trickles down into the physical. Mm-hmm. He spoke about disease, which was the same thing. He spoke about aging. Aging is from what we create in our mind, which causes friction in our being and doesn't allow the spiritual energy to flow. Mm-hmm. And he spoke about the ego, yeah. which I came to really understand was a case of mistaken identity. That we believe we're separate, mm-hmm. that we're each separate, we're separate from each other, and we therefore we create other, yeah. which is all about duality and blame and shame. And it went on and on. I mean, he gave me, uh, it was an, then he awakened my Kundalini energy. I mean, I had heard about, vaguely had heard about the chakras. Mm -hmm. But now he awakened that in me and I felt all the energy, you know, my chakras going around in circles. I went, oh, that's, that's what they're talking about. It's real. And then he did something where he awakened the third eye. He removed a veil from my third eye. I felt it. It was like a mm. literal, literal unveiling. Mm. And of course I had no understanding, no underpinning. This had never, this had never happened before. Mm-hmm. What is this new world? But I knew it was, it was real. It was more real than what I was living, which I thought was real. Right. But that was a dream of the ego and being not awake. And the real real was this divine light that seemed to be all around me and in me. At that time, I did not understand what that really was. And at the end of all of this, as he, there were many, many things that happened that I go into, into the book. Yeah. He, uh, he awakened this profound love that I never touched before, never knew existed before. And when all of this ended, which I think went on for, I don't know, a half hour, who knows, because it was timeless. Yeah. And at some point he withdrew when he finished the, his, his speaking to me. Um, I was able to get up from the couch. Oh, one of the things that he said was, um, and he gave me an experience of this, he said, it is easier, now do you see, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Hmm. And he gave me the experience that this is the eye of the needle right here. Okay. And there's a passport agent here of divinity Hmm. that if you have taken care of and released the, all the egoic structure here, all that blame game at some point, 
you can pass through the eye of a needle into the kingdom here, which sits mm. here, mm-hmm. of divi- your divine nature, that it wow. rests here. And by rich man, he went, one who is burdened with materialism. Right. The way you think that this is just a material world and, you know, I'm going to get what I can and I don't care about you. Mm-hmm. That, that sort of attitude or, or rich in, in pride or rich in, you know, that's in that way. And I had never really, you know, to get that full understanding, it, it was so deep and so profound. Yeah, because we've always think of when we say the rich man is like that's the guy that's got a lot of money, right? But it, you're saying it's the, it's the attachment. Yes, yeah. it's it's believing that that's all there is. Mm-hmm. You know, being burdened with your material mind mm-hmm. in all of this, and everything is a everything is a you know duality and and blaming others and getting for yourself and agreed and you know believing in 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 there's that there's not enough. Yeah, and that's a lie. There's wow. plenty. There's more than plenty for everyone, for everyone to have housing, food, a job, love, all the things, all the, all the things that help support us to be in a physical body on this earth. Yeah. There's more than enough. Well, let's talk about that. There, there, there's more than enough. Why do we feel like there's not? Why do we feel like we have to compete for everything? And, and... Because we're living in an egoic structure. Okay. Yeah, because we believe in the duality that there is an other um, mm-hmm. and imagine believing, imagine having, you know, this is an experience. I could never have come to this knowledge without an experience mm-hmm. because it doesn't come from the mind and you can't free yourself from the ego from inside the ego. Mm-hmm. You need an external force called divine awakening to come in, to break open that, that structure. Wow. Okay. And up until now, humanity has lived only in that structure, that very small structure in a very small way. Mm-hmm. And we haven't been able to break through that veil of separation that rests down here. But once we have an awakening, once the Kundalini or the spiritual energy is awakened within us, you know, I once was blind, but now I see. Because mm-hmm. when I went out to the backyard, I mean, after he left and withdrew his energy, um, I went out to the backyard to get a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And when I opened the door, I was shocked by what I saw because all I saw was light everywhere. Light, all these little photonic packets of light that created the trees and the earth and the little squirrel that was running by and the flowers. Yeah. So I saw the reality that exists that you can only enter into when you have this experience of your divine nature. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm testing out a new feature. I'd love to get your feedback on it. It's called Fan Mail, and you can send me a message right from the show notes of the podcast. So look for the link that says send me a text. You can ask a question for a future podcast. You can suggest a guest or just give me any feedback you want. Just remember, it is one way I can't text you back. And I will not have your name, your email address, or your phone number unless you include it in the message. Let me know what you think. So you know, that, I think that's really interesting when you say yeah. that. I remember reading that in the book, and I thought about when people have near-death experiences, that's the way they describe the, what we call the other side. Yes. And, and I wonder sometimes, it's like, is that what our world really looks like, and we just can't see it? 
Yes. Wow. That's correct. We can't see it in each other. When you look into someone's eyes, you're literally looking into the light of God. Mm-hmm. You just don't know it. And yeah. once you know it, you can't deny it because it's, you walk through this door of understanding and you are transformed. Yeah. You're transfigured. It's an, inner, it's an inner revelation that creates a revolution in you. Yeah. You know, you no longer, you, you may fall back into, you know, that way of thinking, so, but, you, but you snap out of it very quickly because you're not happy and you realize, wait a minute, you know, remember who you are. Yeah, but you, I mean, you had this experience and you saw the world that way for a while, but then it, you don't see the world that way anymore. It, it fades, right? It, I mean, it's, no, but yeah. what happened to me next, and I was in this love for a very, I was in this love where I loved everybody and everything and all yeah. that was love. And, I'm reading this, I'm like, this is the way I want to live all the time. This went on day after day after day. Yeah to the point where I could no longer function at work because all I was in this bliss, it was sort of like an Eckhart Tolle moment. Mm. Just like he said, he couldn't function anymore. All he could do was sit on the bench <laughs> and, be, and watch this, this amazing display from this place of presence. Right. And here I was in this not understanding what this was, but knowing it was the realest of the real and that it was the, our true nature. Mm-hmm without having a full understanding of what it was. And here I was going to work. I was working in research administration at Beth Israel Hospital here in Boston. And I was supposed to work with these figures and statistics. I couldn't make sense of it. (laughs) I would just sit at the desk in this blissful state. At some point, you know, I sort of... uh, Well, this brings up a question that I asked you for some questions before the interview. And and you brought up a question that I've always had with this. Do we need an ego? Because... No. Well, it's interesting because in this, in this, you know, I hear people say we don't need an ego, but you were saying when you became kind of egoless, when you saw beyond that, you couldn't function in the world. That's because I didn't understand what was going on. Okay. okay. And I couldn't anchor it. Okay. I didn't know how to anchor it. There was no anchoring. And then a few, a few years later, I met a monk oh. who initiated me into this deeper understanding. And then that's when I began to have a deeper understanding of what was going on. And very shortly after that, I had a full-blown experience of self-realization where I was, where all the kundalini energy came up, where the story of our life is written from here down, and it's written in the kundalini chakras. And all the issues of our lives that we have to deal with, all the karmic issues, everything that we have to deal with, when when we've worked through all of that and are choosing you want to choose something more than that. Mm-hmm. This is when this initiation happens and it becomes alive. And then once it reaches here, the story, mm-hmm. it's like a storybook that rolls up. It reaches here and right here, the eye of the needle where divine permission is given to enter the kingdom here. Mm-hmm. And I had the experience. What happened was the words were Sanskrit. They were aham brahmashmi. I am Brahman and all this is my creation. Hmm. So who is there to hate? Wow. And at that moment when I had that, I, I was outside and I looked up above this building and there was Jesus rising in a cloud like this with his arms up. And I thought, how strange. Hmm. Why is he here? Oh, I am ascending as well, but ascending from here, ego, into the ascension of Vaikuntha, the heaven, heaven within, to bring heaven 
on earth. Mm -hmm. And this is the great shift that we are, humanity is calling forth from inside themselves. In other words, consciousness wants to know itself. Okay. And so the world that we created out of egoic structure of lack and uh, duality can no longer hold this energy that wants to be known within us. Hmm. And it's, so it's happening on an individual level and it's happening outside because more, because it's time to wake up hmm. from this limited egoic structure. And so it did take me time to, to assimilate all of this, to really understand it. Right. But I knew it was absolute, utter truth, and it has never left me. The understanding of it has never left me. It's only deepened over time. It's only deepened. And so now I function quite well. Actually, yeah. you function your best when you are functioning as in that knowledge and choosing moment to moment. You know, Eckhart says, be in the now. Mm -hmm. That's the now. Mm -hmm. And and if the mind has got a story going, interrupt the story and be in the present, be in the moment, be you know, between the words, between words. There's a space that's alive. That space is your divinity. In silence, God is known. Your divinity as God is known. In wow. silence. Wow. Because speech can't capture it. It can only point to it. Right. Right. So, um... So the, the self-realization that you just spoke of, is this what happened when you, you were having the meditation and, and you saw the monk and were taken out of your body? I didn't go out of my body. I went into my consciousness. Okay, okay. It's very different. Yeah, explain that to me. Yes, because there's an awakening that happens. In other okay. words, this energy that's in us awakens and it's like all the veils are removed. So mm -hmm. they call these veils Maya. All the mm -hmm. veils are removed. Mm -hmm. And then you can see because... When that happened, again, what happened? I saw the photonic packets of light. And people, this time I was outside, so other people around, and I saw their soul hovering over them in this light halo right here. And it filtered down like a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. And I thought, do they know that they're God? Because here I am in this state. Don't they know they're God? No, they're caught in the, they're caught in the, the thought thinking process of thinking they're small and you know they're separate and yeah. so the thing that I was delivered from immediately was fear there was no fear there was only this profound love that's nature was love it was was not transactional love it was love because its nature was love this is our nature and it's beyond transactional and it's beyond egoic mm -hmm. and this is the huge leap in consciousness we are making. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. interesting, the phrase you just used there that said, don't they know they are God? And I think about what Jesus said when he, you know, when people, when he was, he was killed for people saying he claimed he was God. And, yeah. you know, I, and I hear a lot of people who have had spiritual transformative experiences, yeah. people that have had near death experiences, they'll make, say that I'm, I'm God and people want to kill them too. So, um, coming from your, your Catholic background and, and saying something like that, how do you, how would you describe that to someone that would say, well, you're not really God? 
So um, sorry about that. We had a little technical difficulty, but we're back. And I was just asking, Mary, because you, you mentioned the fact that um, you looked around at people, you're having self-fertilization. Yes. And you said, don't they know that they are God? Yes. And I've heard other people that have had near-death experiences, spiritual transformative experiences, say things like that, that we are God. Yes. And that's a very, people consider that to be a blasphemous statement. I mean, Jesus made that claim and he was killed for it. So how would you respond to that? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there. I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. I've been studying NDEs for several years now. I am completely convinced that not only are they 100% real, but that there's some very universal wisdom that we can get from the near-death experience. And I've distilled that down in this book into four short lessons. And I've also given you all the reasons why I believe the NDEs are absolutely real. So go to www.grieftogrowth.com slash NDE lessons to pick it up for free www.grief2growth.com slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it. Well, the ego wants to kill you for saying that because it likes to have, you know, full reign of duality or, you know, so it kind of confronts our egoic structure. And, but the true reality is when you experience it, that there's that true under, underlying reality of everything is Brahman or God or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, this divine nature. And it is our nature. It's everyone's nature. It's not exclusive. It's inclusive. It includes mm-hmm. everyone. And that's a real affront to the egoic structure that this, this egoic structure that, that is not eternal. It's, it's a very, you know, it, it is just a structure in our mind and we have learned to operate as separate identities mm-hmm. and it's based in fear. It's fear and separation. So anytime, you know, anytime that it's, it's uh, confronted the it's, it's a lot of fear because it knows it's days are numbered and we're numbering it. We're doing it. Humanity is calling forth its divinity. Mm-hmm. And you can't have two masters running the show. You can't have the ego running the show and your divine nature running the show. One has to go. And that's our free will. We can choose. We have our free will to choose. Mm -hmm. If we want to live in that suffering of egoic structure of fear, or do we want to choose our divine nature? But you can't have both because it falls. And you can see this is the fall that's happening now because we're calling forward our divine nature. Okay. And you can call it, you know, sometimes it's referred to as Brahman Vidya, the supreme science mm-hmm. of the ultimate reality or awareness or presence, whatever you want to call it. It belongs to everyone equally. It's beyond all of our religions. You can have religions, mm-hmm. but it's, it has to be inclusive for everybody. Practice as you wish your divine nature. That's our free will to do that, but it's all one within everyone. Yeah. So um, what do you think about what's going on with the world right now? Because depending on your point of view, a lot of people think everything's kind of falling apart. You know, social structures should be falling apart. You know, yes. things are falling. 
And it's interesting because when you when we first started this conversation, you talked about how when you came to this realization the first time that, that Master Jesus came to you, you were at a low point. I mean, you were like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. So yeah. you think those things, two things may be in parallel? Yes, it is exactly. The, and this is why I'm speaking. You know, it took me 30 years to write this book. Mm. I had to integrate it and live it. Mm-hmm. And in those 30 years, I continued having mystical experiences. I've had many. Many, 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 many that mm-hmm. I could not possibly put in the book and st- I'd still be writing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Wayne Dyer, as you know, Wayne Dyer wanted me to write, write this. He wanted me to re-edit my first version of this and to mm-hmm. have Hay House publish it. And that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wayne, unfortunately, we, we lost him three months before the book came out. He, yeah. he passed in uh, August and then the book came out in November. But, uh, and he wrote, you know, on the back of the book that, that my description of self-realization was the best that he's ever read in over 30 years. And that's what prompted him to, to contact me. Yeah. And um, to come and so, and is it, there's a wonderful, by the way, on my website, maryterhune.com, maryterhune.com, right on the first page, there's the audio of Wayne reading my chapter on self-realization, my description of what happened to me. Yeah. And it was captured in an audio. So we have that. So that's like the gift that Wayne left behind, you know, left for us, as well as his other teachings and books and everything. But, um, yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I like the way you put that. You know, we've got this. We we feel like we're separate, but we're there's really this there's this underlying um, consciousness, if you want to call it, use that word, that that yeah. uh, kind of that permeates and actually supports all of reality. And, and I'm just learning a little bit about this now. And I'm, I'm reading a book by a guy. It's called Idealism: The Idea That Consciousness Is Everything That There Is, and the physical the physical rises out of consciousness. Yes. As opposed to science has it exactly backwards yes we're material it's everything's material and consciousness is either an illusion um it doesn't really exist because they realize it really can't come out of the material or they'll say well consciousness is a separate thing that that arises out of the material which doesn't really make any sense either but that's kind of the thing that that's what we're operating from yes and consciousness precedes matter right that's what i saw i mean not only did i see it once i saw it many times yeah. Consciousness precedes matter. It cannot die. It was never born and it can never die. Neither can we because that's what we're made of. And it was put in, in this physical material body to express itself. So you could say that there's only God and God is expressing itself. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but when I use the word God, people get all kind of tied in the knot about it. Because it, because the ego has kind of taken it over and made it and used it as a as a weapon. Yeah. It's our divine nature. You want to call it divine nature. You want to call it Brahman. Yeah. The word God is is so charged. I was I was talking to a near death experiencer who's a friend of mine, and she said I used the word God, and people you know get upset about it in the near death community. She was saying uh, she felt she felt that anyway. Um, but it's, it's, it's consciousness. It's source. It's, yes, it's source. It's consciousness. And it's an experience. One cannot get this from philosophical books. Mm-hmm. It has to be an experience. Can you call it forth? Yes. You can call it forth. You can say things. You can remind yourself when you're going into a story in your mind about how you think things are. Mm-hmm. Just stop for a moment. Say, I am that I am. 
I am that I am. And that's calling forth this divine consciousness that you truly are. Mm -hmm. I am that I am. You know, a lot of people, they use that, you know, they, a lot of people use Jesus that, and they say that he said, I, I am the way. But what was left out of that was, I am is the way. Hmm. Very hmm. different. Yeah. I am is the way. I am that I am. Mm -hmm. And that's when I had the full experience of self-realization. And the only reason I can speak of this with any authority is that I, had, I was given it. And it didn't, you know, it came from our divine, our divine nature, this oneness. And yeah. it was Aham Brahmashmi, I am Brahman. And all this is my creation. So that we're, it's, and it's difficult for the mind to conceive this because they always, you always think in terms of other, something outside you. And when, when God is mentioned, it's, oh, right away, there's a separation. Yeah. There's, there's God and there's me. No, yeah. there's no me. There's no me. There's no individual me. That's a, that's a dream of the egoic separation. Now we're moving into the true reality of eternity of our eternal nature that can't die. So that when your body drops from this world, you leave it and go on. Mm -hmm. There's no end of consciousness. There's just a continual evolution of it. And we yes. are in an evolution revolution. And that's why the structures are falling apart because this energy, this higher energy that we are all calling forth, whether aware of it or not, is divine in nature. Mm -hmm. And we're, we have to therefore construct from love, okay. not hate and fear. And I'm talking about a love that's not transactional. I'm talking about a love that's it's, it's nature is to be in love without fear. And, and, you know, people are beginning to make that because we're suffering in this duality. We're suffering in this hate. We're suffering in it. We're killing ourselves. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Quite literally. So we're right on the brink of this evolution. And, you know, the astrologers are talking about all of this. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, you know, I was reading a, uh, this, a friend of mine and she wrote that, well, I just want to kind of look at my notes. She said, Jupiter and Saturn have been in earth signs for like eons. And that means very material. Earth is material. Mm -hmm. Now, at the end of this year, in December, Jupiter and Saturn is moving into Aquarius, which is an air sign, which means spirit, consciousness. So we're moving from this material egoic structures into creating from this divine nature that's beyond this material world. Mm -hmm. Now we're going into divine. So the consciousness precedes matter. So we're going to be creating more from this experience. It's not, it's not just philosophical. It's the, the inner experience that we're going through. Yeah. It's literally is a transfiguration inside of ourselves. And there's a war going on inside ourselves. Which am I going to choose? Which wolf will I feed? Yeah. The wolf of the ego and separation and fear and hate my brothers and sisters? Or am I going to feed the wolf of my divinity and reclaim my true nature and everyone's true nature. And you can see it in the light of, ba you know, when you look into baby's eyes, mm -hmm. you can see the light of God there. Yeah. There's no self there at that time. Right. That's right. why you love to look at a baby because they're not caught yet in that self. They're just divine. Yeah. 
You look at little puppies, the same thing. You look in nature. That's our divinity, you know, and we're reclaiming it inside of ourselves. It's a big inner war that's going on inside ourselves. This is the war, and we, we, we're in this war moment to moment. Are we choosing being in presence mm-hmm. in this moment? Do we hold that door open for the next person coming through, or do we just shut it? So is there a purpose to us, you know, incarnating and coming here and forgetting who we are and feeling this, this separation? Well, the, we, we, that was part of the evolution of humanity on the earth. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to evolve okay. into bringing heaven on earth. Okay. Heaven by Kunta on earth. You know, we have an earth chakra right at the bottom of our spine. Mm-hmm. That's earth. This is heaven. Hmm. So... All of this is rising up and meeting heaven to bring it on earth, to be expressed externally in so, ways we haven't even imagined yet as we yeah. awakened, you know. So as we're having this conversation, um, and, and I and was looking at some of the questions you sent me, you said, what is consciousness? Is it a living divine force? And why are we talking so much about it now? And I was listening to a podcast this morning mm-hmm. and the person was saying, I think we're going to get sick of the word consciousness because we're all talking about consciousness now. Um, but as you said, it, it may just be a different way of talking about God. But as soon as we yeah. say God, we separate. Yes. God is, God is this big thing that's outside of me. And, yeah. I'm, and, I, and I'm this little thing that, that just isn't, you know. Which is very egoic. I'm this yeah. little nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, therefore, you, you know, you create out of that. Oh, boy. <laughs> look, at, look what we've done, you know. Yeah, so what, do you, what is your experience of consciousness? Is it a living divine force? What, what is consciousness? Yes, it's the living divine force in us that animates and informs our body. It mm-hmm. allows it to move. That allows our, our ability to see, to speak. And when, the, when it's no longer involved in this process here, then it leaves. So like smoke going up a chimney. Yeah. It goes off to another. It's beyond time and space. Consciousness is this divine. And it... You know, it's not just a word, it's an experience. You have to experience it. The mind cannot conceive it. Because mm-hmm. when it happened to me, the light that exploded within me and the energy that came out of my heart and opened it in this flowing ocean of divinity was omniscient. Yeah. It was staggering. And I was overtaken with my true nature hardly believing that this is what's inside of humanity. (laughs) Here is your divinity. I was given it. Here is your divinity, the divinity that awaits all mankind. And I'm going to read the rest of that quote. Yeah, please. What happened? Here is your divinity, the divinity that awaits all mankind. Your soul wants full expression now. This is the presence. This is the living presence. This is living. This is real. Wow. That's what was given to me on that day. So experience. So how do we, how do we experience self-realization? You said it can't be conceived by the mind. So if, if I, if I want this, you know, you you had some truly amazing experiences and they are in the book and I do recommend people get the book because we're not doing them justice in the interview here. Um, But how do, how do I experience self-realization? Same way I would. It's that same love. You, it's, it's not different. Mm-hmm. It's all the same in everybody. You see, it's an equal measure. Mm-hmm. There's no more. You get more and I get a little bit more. You know, it's yeah. all one. 
you'll ex- experience it the same way when your heart opens, you know, love, you know, but I'm talking about way love yeah, you know? yeah. beyond transactional and beyond the suffering uh, ego. And it's, it's astonishing when you experience it because it's like, oh my God, this is inside. This is, this is in us. What? Yeah. How is this possible? But all the masters speak to it. Yes, they do. They all speak to it, no matter yeah. who, which master it is. They all speak to the same light, the same, and it's magnificent. It's outrageous. It's inconceivable, and it's omniscient, and okay. it's us. Yeah. And imagine, imagine, as we each reclaim this in ourselves, imagine creating from that space. And we're moving there. We're moving more to air, you know, more to air, lighter, light. Look at the internet. I didn't have this growing up. Cell phones. I mean, this is a reflection of what I'm talking about in terms of bringing it into the material. So who knows what's, what new things are on the horizon here, what new creations, what new structures we'll create and how we will create them when we reclaim this. But in order to reclaim this, you can't function from egoic. Mm. It will not be allowed. Just like it's the eye of the needle. Yeah. So we've, it's we've, harder for this. It cannot enter this. It's okay. not allowed. It's part of, it's a fail safe. Hmm. So um, a, a lot of my listeners uh, have experienced tragedy in their life. Uh, uh, yes. Experience death, you know, and, and and death is a difficult subject, and it's but it's one that we don't shy away from here. So I know you had an experience where you had an experience with death during a meditation, and you were you were shown some things. So talk to me about what that was like. Yes, I was actually working at MIT at the time in the space center, and every uh, lunch hour I would take that time to meditate because by that time I had found a teacher, and I understood that in order to continually make contact with my true self to break, make those breakthroughs. I really needed to meditate and give time to that. And so um, I was actually, it was during the winter time. And so I was sitting inside now, usually I was sitting outside and I was sitting on a bench in the engineering building at MIT. And it was these big glass windows that faced Massachusetts Avenue. And uh, I would often bring spiritual material with me to read and then meditate on it. And so I looked at, I was reading a book about this saint that um, had passed. And I thought, ah, that's too bad. I'll never get to meet him on this earth plane, at least. Mm -hmm. What a shame, you know. And so uh, I closed my eyes to meditate. And um, where I was meditating was the lobby of the engineering building. So there's this this revolving door where students would come through and go out as a pass-through. And I'm sitting there on to the side, leaning against the wall, my eyes are closed, I'm meditating, and I hear this voice that's just like you talking to me that says, are you ready? And I thought, oh, that's some student bothering me. You know, they they see I'm meditating and they're playing around. Mm -hmm. And so I just ignored it. And then I hear again, are you ready? And all of a sudden, with my eyes closed, I see this monk in all in red, dressed in red robes, coming towards me. And I'm like, oh my God, people have talked about these real experiences in meditation. I, I had no idea it's real. Mm-hmm. 
And so he walked towards me. And when he walked towards me, he turned into the Milky Way, the energy of the Milky Way. And he entered my solar plexus right below my, my chest. And mm -hmm. um, when he did, it set off this cacophony of divine noises, which involved a conch, the blowing of a conch, mm -hmm. bells ringing, bells ringing, and the sound of wind, like a tornado. And the bells are ringing and the conch is blowing. And all of a sudden I hear a locomotive going through. And I hear all this noise and it's such a rack and the energy inside me was so powerful. It was the energy. I didn't understand. It was the energy of divinity, you know, God, this, this source in all of us. And it came up and it was rising up and up and the sounds were loud and they were so loud. I thought my eardrums were going to burst. Yeah. All of a sudden it reached here. And I understood that I was about to leave my body, that this energy was about to, and I thought, oh, I'm going to die. Mm. But I wasn't afraid. Mm. And I had the thought, well, what about my daughter? I have a daughter. And I heard, don't worry. Oh, okay, I won't worry. And, <laughs> and I was taken out. And like two seconds later, there I was standing in front of two windows of light one, a rectangular window, one over the other. And what poured from this, these windows was that divine love, that divine magnetic, overpowering, world-creating love that we, of course, are. Yeah. But this divine love that was so powerful that it was magnetic and I wanted to go into it. And as my being, my consciousness-like being, went to move towards it to go, I heard this little voice that says, what about your daughter? But I couldn't resist this magnetic love. There was no resistance. I had to go to it. Hmm. As I went to move towards it, the monk was there and his energy touched my energy and he goes, not yet. Hmm. And I understood I had to go back to wherever I was, but I had no memory of where I was hmm. because I was completely all me. I could see, think, hear. I was completely me right. in all of its fullness and feeling quite happy. And I was told I had to go back. And I'm like, Wait, how? Where? <laughs> and I look down and I see this silver cord just floating through the air, this very thin silver cord of light. And it was attached to my energy body. And I was told that to follow that light follow the cord back to where, wherever you were going. And so I took, it, had, it took all my energy, it took every ounce of my energy to concentrate on. And as I went to follow that cord from this vast darkness, all of a sudden, whoosh, this vastness opened up and I saw our solar system. And I started flying through the solar system, one planet to the other, and I, I wonder what planet I'm going to. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to planet Earth. And so I'm following this cord and I go, oh, it's like a zoom, you know, the zoom map? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. That, like that. Oh, I'm going to planet Earth. Oh, I'm going to North America, zooming down further. Oh, I'm going to Massachusetts, zooming down further. Oh, I'm going to MIT. And all of a sudden I find myself floating on the top of the ceiling of the electrical engineering building, looking down at a body that's sitting meditating. Hmm. And I thought, oh, I have to go into that body. I had no 
connection with that body. I wasn't male or female. I was just consciousness, pure consciousness, mm-hmm. pure being, pure light, in all of its fullness, noticing everything, seeing everything, hearing everything, knowing everything. And I had to go back into that body. I called mm-hmm. it that body. Mm-hmm. And as I go down, I entered back onto, I entered the, through the top of the head, the way I went out. And as my, as the energy went in, my soul energy or consciousness, divinity, whatever you want to, went in, the whole body jumped literally like this. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. this is awful. God, I'm, <laughs> oh. It was like a tight shoe. Oh my God, this is terrible. I have to deal with this mind. I have to deal with these issues. Oh no. I was not happy. Wow. And as I had that thought, the monk all of a sudden appears in front of me and he goes, you see the veil, the veil is very thin between here and there, very thin. And he disappears. And I am left sitting on the bench meditating in the electrical engineering building as I face the reality of having to be back in this body to deal with wow. these issues and these, these issues that are just temporary but instructive for me to come to my divinity mm-hmm. and express it in the earth and to deal with whatever it is I have to deal with, which is a divine mystery. Yeah. Divine mystery. Yeah. And I realized at that moment, wait a minute. If I can't die, because I realized that's what that was, you know, just leaving the body. Wait a minute, if I can't die, then I can't have the opposite. I can't be born. Wait a minute, the whole thing's an illusion. <laughs> oh my God. It was that sort of, you know, when you're given these experiences, you're downloaded with these understandings. Mm-hmm. And I understood that we are never born, you never die, you always are eternal. So, and that experience of death happened three months after, that was, my experience of self-realization happened in July, and this happened in October. Okay. So one followed the other, so to give me a complete understanding of being here on this earth, in this being, you know, to continue my mystical education, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So that it's, and I, I didn't know at some point that I would be speaking about these things. Yeah. People, but I had to be given a, a complete experience so that I could speak because it would come through me uh, with, with truth. Yeah. And uh, of it. And I would be speaking to people who already know this because we already know this in ourselves. And when I speak to what we know inside of each of us, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, that sort of thing. Usually. Yeah, yeah people start to recognize it. It's, it's yeah. more of, a, I think, a remembrance than it yes. is learning. Perfect word. Remembrance. Yeah. Remember. Remember who you are. You know, what you described sounds, um, it, it, you did, as far as we know, your, your body didn't stop functioning, but it sounds exactly like a near-death experience. And yes, and the reason it didn't it didn't stop was because the cord wasn't cut. Okay, yeah, but you know, I, I was talking to uh, someone the other day, and and I, I deal with a lot of parents who have 
who yeah. have lost children. Yeah. And I was, uh, there was a near-death experience that had been on my show, and he had said he made a choice to come back. And she said, well, if my son passed, then obviously he wasn't given a choice because if he had been given a choice, he would have come back to me. And I think a lot of us want to believe that. But it's interesting when I hear you describe this, you know, you, you thought about your daughter, but you knew everything would be okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if it's, if you're, if you're, if you don't come back, that means you've cut your complete, or at least for this incarnation. Right. And we don't, you know, when we're finished, when we're complete, whenever we've completed everything, which can take thousands of years, we don't come back to the, we graduate to something else. There's more than earth. There's more to heaven and earth, a ratio than is dreamt mm-hmm. of in your philosophy, right? Right. There's more. This consciousness continues to evolve in a joyful bliss and never ending expression. And this is, but this is why it's so precious. It's our life is precious here to, to remember who we are and mm-hmm. allow us to continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, and you just touched on something else there again. Another s- subject is pretty controversial: reincarnation. So you say we mm-hmm. we do come back more than once. Y- yeah, <laughs> we're eternal in nature, so you keep coming back. You know, I mean, I had after I had all these awakened experience, I did have memories of a past lives. So, but wow. it, yeah. but everybody has them. So that's not that's not the that's not the important part. That's just a sidebar. You know, yeah. that's a sidebar. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Because we're, we're eternal in nature. Mm-hmm. So it's special on earth because we get to express this the eternal nature in these physical forms. Right. To make visual in a certain, you know, to through these senses to experience what it's like to eat chocolate ice cream. You know, what is it like to love another person? What is it like to have a loving partner who's on this evolutionary road with me? What's that like? Yeah. Like to smell a flower. You know, what's it like to hold the baby? Yeah. You know, it's funny to say this. I I think of my daughter uh, who passed, she was 15 when she passed, but Mm -hmm. um, I was, I would say to her, Shana, you haven't fully incarnated. You don't seem to really understand the rules of earth, like gravity and things like that and exercise and you can't eat sugar all the time. Mm -hmm. But she was just like full out, like, I want to experience this. What's it like to say, I, I want to feel, what's it like to have a broken leg? I'm like, Shana, we really don't want to you know, experience that, right? But when she had to get blood drawn, it's like, what's it? So she, that's just was like her nature was just like, what's this like? You know, just really fully yeah. embracing life. Right. And so, you know, I realized in that first awakening with, with the Master Jesus when I went out to the backyard and saw this light, not only was it light, but the experience of that light was such, that light contained a profound love that was so powerful. I burst into tears and I said, oh my God, this is paradise, but we've made it into something else. Yeah, do you think we can sing like that again while we're on earth? I mean. This is why we're here, Brian. Yeah. Pay attention. This is why we're here, Brian. This is why I'm talking to you. Yeah, yeah. To remember each other, to remind each other, to be with each other, to support each other Mm -hmm. through the veil of egoic structure that wants to have us continuously forget. And in each moment, we need to continually remember. Yeah. That's why I am that I am is a nice little 
sort of mantra or meme that you can take with you mm-hmm. and you're getting caught, caught up in your mind and what the story of your mind and what you think somebody said you didn't like, you know, yeah. and just stop it and say, no, I am that I am. And so is everyone. And the more you do that, the more it shows up in your world. It's just like you, how you create anything, right? Mm-hmm. You create mm-hmm. it from your mental thought. So imagine creating I am that I am in you. Mm-hmm. And then what talents we have that we bring it out and express it. Yeah. This is an abundant beyond words. There's more than enough of everything for everyone. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Yeah. It's not true. Yeah. I love that message. Well, uh, Mary, it's been really wonderful having you on. I appreciate you uh, putting up with the technical difficulties we've had and some scheduling cool. things. My pleasure. Um, I want to I want to go over your book again and how people can contact you. So the book is. Let me show you. Can I show you here? Yes, can Out of see? the Blue: True Life yeah. Experiences of Awakening, Revelation, and Transformation, and it's by Mary Terhune. It's T E R H U N E, and Mary's website is maryterhune.com. I'll put all that in the show notes. Um, it's on Amazon, so you can get it that way. Yeah, it's on Amazon, I think, so you can get it there. I, I have read it. Actually, I read it twice. It's a great book. Mary has had a fascinating life. As I said, we just touched on some of her experiences here, so I do recommend you go out and get the book. A pleasure to meet you, Brian. If we were closer, we'd go to lunch. Yeah, for sure. sure. <laughs> okay. some, someday we'll do that. Someday, yeah. All right. Well, Mary's great meeting you. Have a great rest of your day. You too, Brian. A pleasure. Bye, Bye now. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to make it really easy for you to reach me. So just send me a text to 31996 and simply text the word growth, G-R-O-W-T-H. In fact, you can right now just say, hey, Siri, send a message to 31996. And when Siri asks you what you want to send, just say growth. You can do the same thing with OK Google. Thanks a lot. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Grief to Growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful and will come back for future episodes. Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron. Head over to www.patreon.com slash grief to growth. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash grief, the number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grief2growth.com. Hey there, if you liked this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grief2growth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.